Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 26 of the Linkage Podcast by Episcopal Retirement Services. This episode is for the week of December 7th, 2020. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Brian Reynolds, Vice President of Marketing for Episcopal Retirement Services. And I'm here with Kristen Davenport, our Director of Communications and our uh, for ERS and our executive producer. How are you, Kristen? Brian, I'm having a terrific week. I've had some uh, nice walks outside, gotten some sunshine. You can uh, be nothing but thankful about that in a, in a December month, that's for sure. Yeah, that's right. After a cold week, we've gotten a, a pretty nice, nice sunny and warm weeks. Mm-hmm. Well, the Linkage Podcast is dedicated to educating our audience about issues regarding aging, informing people about the mission of ERS, and how that comes to life in our everyday interactions with residents, clients, families, and staff members. Kristen, you want to tell us about our upcoming uh, episode? Yeah, I would, Brian. Um, so listeners, we've got uh, two guests with us today. We've got Emily Willingham, and Emily lives at Dudley Square Patio Homes. Uh, part of the Episcopal Church home in Louisville, Kentucky. And we've got our president and CEO, Laura Lamb, joining us, giving us the update for the week, as always. Well, as always, we've got a great, another great show. And uh, with that, Kristen, you want to go ahead and uh, introduce your your guest? Yes, absolutely. Emily and I just met this week. um, And that's one of the wonderful things about this podcast is we get to Uh, meet some residents that maybe we didn't know before and uh, get connected. Uh, We had a wonderful discussion um, and I'd like you to now meet Emily Willingham. Welcome Emily Willingham to the podcast. Um, We're so happy to have you here with us. Oh, I'm very happy to be here, too, and I'm honored. I think this is going to be fun. Oh, good, good. Well, our guests are, are here to, to listen to the things that, uh, you know, are, you're, you're doing. And I, and I guess the first question of the day is just how is your day so far? It's been wonderful. I just got home from my pool where I've been doing my exercises, water exercises. And uh, we, we now, because of the COVID, we used to just be able to go to the pool anytime we wanted to or go to a class there at the pool. But now, because of the COVID, we have to reserve a lane. And we're the only one in that lane. We don't have to wear a mask. And I don't swim anyway anymore because I have a bad shoulder, but I do my water exercises and I really don't get my head under the water with that. But anyway, I just came home from the pool and then took a shower and just had breakfast and here I am. So that's my morning so far. That's fantastic. I was just talking to one of my coworkers about his daily swims, which he's not been able to do. Um, And I love that the the pool where you are a member that you're able to continue and do it in a safe way. Cause that's really important to get that daily exercise in. You know, I really do think that's very important. And when I don't go to the pool, I try to get out and walk a little bit around our oval, but it has really been cold and it's, it's, it's pretty, um, of course the water at the pool is pretty cold too, but anyway, uh, you work real hard. I work real hard to, compensate for that at the pool but um, no so I'm not walking around and these days much and um, 
the pool is wonderful. And I used to be in a class, though there was a lot of camaraderie, but we can't do that anymore. Temporarily, anyway. We'll be glad when we can get back to that. There will be a lot. There are a lot of things that we will be very glad to get back to. I think everybody's in the same boat on that one. Yes. But, but uh, just well, counting the days until this the vaccine comes in and we can get back to normal, maybe someday. Oh yes, definitely. Well, un- until then. So I know you're doing some things over Zoom. Can you tell our listeners what are those activities like? Well, at the, in the gym, did you say? Uh, over Zoom, um, are, are you doing some kind of, I think. It, you oh, oh yes, yes. Form. I'm sorry, I, I misunderstood you. Yes, I'm doing several things on Zoom. Um, I'm a member of a book club because Bethany Henkel, who is the uh, development director here at, at the Episcopal Church home, is kind enough to handle the Zoom call. So she sets it up for us. And we've been in a, in this book club for goodness sakes, probably 30 or 40 years. Wow. I've not been in quite that long, but some people have. It's, it's been an ongoing book club. And Fantastic. Um, we meet once a month, and today happens to be the day for that. So that will be this afternoon. That's on Zoom. I'm also a member of a, a group called PEO, and it's a sisterhood. And that meeting is now on Zoom. Those meetings once a month are also on Zoom, too. And then we have a committee meeting on Zoom tomorrow. Emily, all have gotten together at holidays since we can't all be together now. Right. And we do Zoom. I think a lot of families do that, and I think that's wonderful. So that we can do that. Um, Those are pretty much my Zoom calls. That's quite an active schedule. That's a that's, that's some great engagement that you're able to do. Um, so you mentioned your book club. Um, what are you reading right now, or maybe what do you recommend to our listeners who might be looking for a new book this uh, this winter? Well, the book that we are reviewing today is a marvelous book, and I highly recommend it. It's called The Giver of Stars. Now, where it ever got that name, I don't know, but it is about a girl from England who was raised in England who falls in love in England and her husband is an American. So they come over here to live. They get married and then they come over here to live and they live in Kentucky. And of course it's, this is a novel, but anyway, um, and he has her under the impression that they're going to be living in a big city in Kentucky, and it turns out they're going to be living in the wilderness almost in wow. Appalachia. Yeah. And so um, yeah. she is, he has all kinds of servants and stuff. So he, he, he really doesn't need her to do things around the house. So she's bored, and she joins a, a, a country a wilderness type of library to let, and then delivers books to people and these little cabins in Kentucky and wow. all the things that go on there. It's just, it's a fascinating book, but also I have just finished a book called, it's one of the best books I've ever read. Uh, read. It is the it's, name of it is the American America's first daughter. That's it. America's first daughter. It is all about the life of Thomas Jefferson's daughter, whose mother died when she was young. Mm -hmm. So she becomes his caretaker. 
Mm-hmm. And all she lives in the White House. Well, it's not a white the White House, and it's the President of the United States House, mm-hmm. uh, but it, not the same one that we have now. She's the mistress there. She is. She does all kinds of fascinating things for the family, and it's really it turns out to be the lifesaver of the family. And you also learn a lot about her father, Thomas Jefferson. Mm-hmm. In this book too, it's 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 a long book. It's about five hundred pages or more. Yeah. But uh, it's a, I highly recommend that. Yeah, it's a bestseller, New York Times bestseller. Oh. Well, those are some American good recommendations book. for our listeners. Um, I know that this is going to kind of feel like a a longer winter, maybe even than normal. And uh, I know people yeah. are looking for good books to read. Those are some great recommendations. <laughs> Well, that's one of the things that has been a lifesaver to me during this period of being home because I'm all alone. My my husband is gone. He died five years ago, and there really is nobody to talk to. And, of course, there are a lot of us in the same boat. That's one of the nice things I like about Dudley Square is there are a lot of us who are in the same boat, and we, mm-hmm. under most circumstances, we can go out to dinner together and things like that. But, of course, we can't do that now. Um, anyway, um, so I've been reading a lot, a lot of good things. It's been a salvation. (laughs) So, um, another thing that I have been doing, which is kind of an individual thing, I don't believe most people would have this opportunity, but I mentioned that I am a member of PEO, which is a sisterhood, and our main thrust is to provide scholarships for girls, young women who often wouldn't be able to go to college without a scholarship. And this is a, PEO is a sisterhood, international sisterhood. It has Mm -hmm. chapters all over the country here and also in Canada. But anyway, so we own a college and it's a small girls college in Missouri. Uh, my role in my chapter is to be um, in charge of sending, trying to get applicants to go to that school. Wow. And um, so I have been preparing packets to be sent out to all of the high school counselors in this entire area, Catholic and public schools for girls. Uh, to introduce them to Cotty College because they don't really know about that college. I mean, we we have very few, probably one or two girls from the state of Kentucky who go to that school, and it's a wonderful school. So that's my job. So I I have been I have finally sent those out to all the counselors. It took a lot of detective work <laughs> to find the names of the counselors and what schools and where the schools are located and all of that. I did not have any help on that at all. And um, well, I so imagine I that's that. quite an undertaking. That that sounds like a a big <laughs> job. So it was good, maybe that you had a lot of extra time to work on that. That sounds awesome. Right. But this was an op- wonderful opportunity of time to do it because nobody else could possibly do it to help me. I mean, it was just a one person thing. So it right. took a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And. Um, I, it's done. It's done. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yay. That is a celebration for sure. Oh my yeah. goodness. Well, so, so you, so those, you definitely are staying busy. That's, that's wonderful. 
I wish I were more creative. I mean, I know of people who have really done wonderful things. They've taken up completely new hobbies. Uh, I have not done that. <laughs> but um, it's been okay. I mean, I certainly am going to be glad. We're all going to be glad when this thing's over. Absolutely. Certainly. And it looks like there is light coming now from the yes. end, at the end of the tunnel. But um, it's not going to be over quickly. So we, we still have some time. And um, so I've been reading and working on the Cotty College and now preparing for Christmas. And yes, that's pretty much what my life has been. Well, good. Well, I uh, I like the the idea that you're you're spending some of your time helping others. I'm sure that the the young women that you're helping do appreciate that you've invested in them in that way. That's that's a wonderful way to, to use your time right now. Of course, as you can imagine, there's an added challenge to it now because the counselors, I mean, schools are closed, and yes. except for some of the Catholic schools are still open, and so I could get those counselor names and schools a lot easier. But hopefully the counselors are going to go to their schools once in a while and pick up their mail, right. and of course, they, they, I don't know how in the world they are going to contact their, their, their students unless school starts pretty soon and it doesn't look like that's going to happen. So that's been an added challenge. My mission is not going to be done until that happens, of course. That's right. Well, I, that's wonderful. I look forward to hearing an update from you at some point about um, your, your, your program there. It really does sound very enriching, not only um, for those um, young people that will get that opportunity, but also for you that you're, you're staying active and engaged in that way. It's, it's wonderful. Thank you. Well, well Emily, so. it's been such a great um, conversation with you today. Um, is there anything else that you want to leave our listeners with? Um, I, I, we talked a lot about things that we're looking forward to after this is all over. Is there any, is there any other um, activity or, um, or type of thing that you, you haven't mentioned? I'm just looking forward to being with my friends again uh, and going out for dinner with them and, um, playing bridge with them and, and just uh, having them over to my home. And that, that's, that's going to be the best part, really. I mean, it, it's, a, it's amazing that none of my friends so far seem to have gone over the edge. <laughs> we, 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 we seem to, to have survived so far, and I think we will, but um, we hope. Yes, yes. Well, Emily, thank you so much for, for our time together. And I look forward to, you know, a time and not the too distant future. Hopefully we can see each other there um, in Louisville and, uh, and meet face to face. And uh, I'd love to hear about an update about your project. And uh, well, thank uh, you. And night, I've certainly enjoyed doing this. Oh, well, good. That's wonderful. You have a great rest of your day. All righty. Thank you. Kristen, I always enjoy hearing from uh, from new people, and and what a great conversation with Emily. She's dedicated to keeping her fitness routine going, uh, even mm -hmm. in COVID, and she's finding a safe way to do it. I love that. I also loved uh, her mentions of uh, her book club that she's doing on Zoom, yeah. and also uh, you know the the other involvement she has. She's giving back to the community by trying to uh, help young women get scholarships to college. 
Well, that that was very interesting. And it just talks to how so many of our residents are able to um, really enjoy their passions and, and pursue their their purpose in life uh, as they move into our community. So I really, really enjoyed hearing her her stories and perspective. Well, next up, we've got our president and CEO, Laura Lamb. Laura is going to give us our update on what's happening around ERS. I'm looking forward to um, her, her conversation with you, Brian. So we're back this week with president and CEO, Laura Lamb. How are you, Laura? I'm doing well, Brian. How about you? Doing great. Doing great. Well, I thought I'd start off uh, this segment. You, you're having an, a new experience, uh, a unique experience this week of uh, having your mother-in-law and your father-in-law moving in at Dupree House. Yeah, I like that. A unique experience. Yeah, I don't know that too many family members have moved people in um, to a retirement community during a hundred year pandemic. So yes, right. very unique. And this is, as you know, um, and a lot of our listeners know, this isn't my first family member that has lived at, at one of our communities, but it certainly has been a different experience. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, the, um, the move actually happened yesterday oh, and, wow. um, they, they were, they, it, it went so well and so smooth. And I just have to applaud the, the leadership team at Dupree and um, everyone, you know, from the folks, the community relations staff to mm-hmm. the administration, to the nursing staff. And mm-hmm. they've just made um, this move, the maintenance and housekeeping just as smooth as, as it could be. But moving um, to folks in their eighties, to a retirement community in a pandemic um, in the winter after living in their house for 48 years yeah. is not a small feat. <laughs> yeah. We did it. We did it. We did it. So. Yeah. So if you don't mind sharing, um, what what were the, the factors that were kind of driving them to think rethinking their living arrangements and wanting to move into a senior living community? Uh, that's a good question because I, I, I've shared with you. I this time last year, this was not on the radar. They, I right. mean, we've had the the conversations, and obviously, they knew know what I do for a living, and they're uh-huh. very, um, you know, Clarence um, did Meals on Wheels delivery. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they've been involved in our community. His mother lived in one of our communities, but this was not something that they saw in their future. So. Uh-huh. Candidly, I think it was a combination of COVID uh-huh. and being very isolated for safety reasons in their home. They lived in a big home in Madeira uh-huh. and um, raised four boys there. And wow. the house is an old house in Madeira. So it's two story Mm-hmm. bedroom and bathroom upstairs laundry yep. in the basement it's you know i'm telling you this you know this and right you know. yeah and so the the house that the beloved house sometimes becomes the the prison uh yeah. for an older adult and and it did for them and so that was one issue you know they're mm-hmm. they're isolated in their home mm-hmm. and they're isolated because I work in healthcare. My husband works in a high exposure job. 
One of their uh, one of their sons that live in town is a physician, so he's in and out of a healthcare setting. So we've yeah. had to really shrink their their network. Um, mm-hmm. So um, between the isolation of COVID and my father in law had a couple in the scheme of things minor health issues this year, but I think what had happened is it really said to my mother-in-law, who is the primary caregiver in the family, I need more help than I thought. And um, if this happens because of COVID in the COVID world, I need some more support systems than I have right now. So um, yeah, it was, those were the two primary drivers, I think, for them to you know, rethink about, well, could they imagine themselves in a retirement community setting? Yeah. So, so tell me about the process. I know you were you're very integral in, in being involved in kind of transitioning them to, to pre-house, but I know you sound like you had some help from some third parties that we often partner with as well with our, uh, many of our residents that, that move in as well. Can you kind of talk about that, that partnership and, and that process? Yeah, it was, um, gosh, it was wonderful to be involved in it. So um, Dupree House um, has a couple, you know, wonderful relations with partners and, and they made us aware of um, moving matters. So they're like a turnkey system so that we could do a lot of the planning in advance Mm-hmm. and um, really took the burden off of Clarence and Margaret of uh, having to pack and that yeah. sort of thing. So, um, yeah, like you said, there's several decades of stuff that they've yeah. all got there. Yeah. And we as a family chose to, you know, they're going to sell the house. And um, mm-hmm. instead of trying to clean the house out and put the, put it on the market. We chose as a family, it made more sense for us to let's, let's organize and get the things that you want to take with you. Mm-hmm. Let's get you settled into pre-house. Mm-hmm. And then the family, myself and my husband and my brother-in-law will you know, get rid of the things that are left and get the house ready for sale. But, you know, putting your house on the market during a COVID situation and having strangers in and out of the house is not something that we felt comfortable with. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I think, you know, kind of thinking through kind of the process with um, our sales staff, our community relations staff was so helpful Um, and this resource that we offer to people that, that move in, um, Brian, I wouldn't be standing today if if we didn't have that because, um, even, even with that service, it's, it's, you know, emotionally, um, it's a process. I mean, you, you know, my, my, my daughter, you know, and son spent like every day growing up after school at that house. And, you know, and I teased my husband, my, like my kids were mourning their grandparents leaving the house, I think more than my, my husband was, (laughs) you know, so it's still emotional and it's still uh, draining to kind of go through 40, 48 years of stuff. (laughs) Yeah. I can imagine that's, that's difficult for all the benefits and the great benefit of, of, you know, as you mentioned, you know, not uh, 
having people around to support them and maybe yeah. feeling a little more safe and secure. There, there's a lot of emotion to these moves and leaving these homes that become yeah. so important to the families. Right. So I, I know, you know, you talked about kind of the, those those reasons that drove them, but are, are there any other kind of pleasant surprises for, for uh, Margaret and Clarence? Or? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I tell you, I wish you could have been there yesterday. Uh-huh. Clarence, um, literally, this is a direct quote. He said, I feel like I'm in a dream. This wow. is so amazing. Wow. And, you know, Margaret, Margaret drove the decision and, you know, as most things in their, yeah. their family, she's the driver and yeah. God love Clarence. He, he always says, well, I, I'm going wherever Margaret goes kind of thing. I <laughs> yeah. love that about their relationship. It's so sweet and tender. Yeah. And, you know, to hear him just be like, so happy um, mm. was really quite a gift. And some of the unexpected surprises, you know, just, you know, the, the meal program at Dupree house is mm-hmm. incredible. And, yep. Um, to have that, you know, uh, meals delivered to your door, to, to have handicap accessible showers, to, mm-hmm. to have everything on one level, to, yep. you know, the unit that they chose has a washer and dryer in the unit. So mm-hmm. just think of, I, I just really think of my, my mother-in-law's day last week, any day last week right. compared to today. Um you know, I think she's going to have more energy mm-hmm. because things are going to take less time for her to do and less physical um, energy. And I just hope that that translates to her being able to read more and yeah. get back to things that she wants to do and allow other people to be in a caregiver role and let her move back into that spouse role, you know, right. right. Isn't that what we want for our residents, you know, let us take care of them so that they can just live and be and thrive. Yeah. I think that's one of the things actually our marketing team's been talking a lot about is, is that being our residents, enjoying their sense of purpose or their passions yeah. and that that would be um my hope for your in-laws as well yeah. that, well i they're on the right path they i called her this morning obviously and she said that they both slept like babies so that was a good sign right <laughs> yeah right. well and i think you and i were talking about too that maybe kind of an immediate benefit as well we we talked about the vaccine last time and and yeah, you know, our yeah. residents will have access to that vaccine or people that are moving in here earlier in the year will have access to that yeah so that's yeah she uh, i remember when that when she put one and one together yeah <laughs> and i remember the look on her face and she's funny she told me to tell you you should put that in an ad <laughs> <laughs> that's a great <laughs> idea Definitely a perk, you know, of yep. being in a community. And as we all know, the um, nursing homes and congregate living housing for seniors are in the very first phase of the vaccine distribution. So yeah. um, they'll have they'll have access to it. And they and candidly, they wouldn't if they were living in their home in Madeira. So that is a, a, a great um, benefit. 
Right, right, right. Well, that's exciting. And uh, I'm so happy for, for you and your family and, uh, and you, Margaret Brian. and Clarence. And uh, we'll, we'll have to check back in to see how they've, they've adjusted and, and hear maybe more things they're enjoying yeah, in a few that weeks. That would be nice. Thanks for asking. Sure. Well, the other thing I thought I'd, I'd talk about uh, real quickly here at the end is, you know, we are here at the end of the year um, and our, our foundation, our ERS foundation, the folks in our fund development department are kind of gearing up for the year end appeals. And I, I thought uh, maybe we could do a, a little bit, bit of, of plug for them um, in, in I, I guess my question for you would be, you know, as people consider their, their year-end gifts, you know, why is ERS such a, you know, a great place for people to, you know, maybe so-called invest their money at the end of the year? Oh, well, well, first I have to start by saying, well, we thank all of our generous donors that have yeah. helped answer the call and have risen to the occasion this year. It has been extremely difficult. So, yeah. Um, you know, we are a nonprofit organization and as such, we do rely on the generous support of our donors and, you know, we do that, that's, that's normal every year time. And you add, um, the difficulties that we have had this year, um, being in a pandemic, um, our staff. A common thing I hear our staff say is they've never worked harder in their lives. And yeah. I, I know personally that that, that is very true. Yep. And um, so our, our end of the year appeal is really to, to make sure that we can continue offering the support that we do to our residents and our staff each and every day. So mm -hmm. I would just ask our, our listeners and our previous donors and potentially maybe new donors to, to consider um, being a part of our, our mission and our good work. Um, you know, we, um, like I said, we, we strive to, as a nonprofit to do not just um, what's required, but um, you know, more and, and, and make sure that we're, providing needed services. Um, we provide care to people irregardless of their, their ability mm -hmm. to pay. Yep. And that is a special mission. So I would just uh, ask people to um, think about if they could uh, include ERS in their charitable giving this year. We would really appreciate it. I promise you we will put your dollars to good use. It will um, go to serving our mission, which is to enrich the lives of over, older adults in an innovative, personal, or, or person-centered and spiritually based way. So, well, well, well said. And I know um, that the people in our fund development group have also put out a, a great new uh, uh, guide on our uh, ERS Foundation site. Um, and I wondered if you could kind of pitch that, that people oh, sure. can get a little bit of information on, on making some, some tips here at the end of the year. Yeah. I mean, um, giving is, uh, obviously a very personal decision and there's, um, many ways to accomplish the same thing. And so I applaud the fund development team. Um, they know that, um, intimately because they work with our donors and, they wanted to give a resource to people, to our, to our, to the public, to the 
um, community to our donors. So if you go to our foundation website, um, there's a top uh, 10 strategies for charitable giving that, you know, I really like it because it, it, it speaks to all different ways to, to do things to, mm-hmm. given your particular circumstances yeah. and what might work better for you. So I encourage people to go to that site and visit and, and look at, at that resource because I think you, you'll be like me and you'll learn a few things and maybe, maybe learn something that you didn't know you could, you could do. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you, if people go to our foundation website, which is uh, ersfoundation.org, they'll be able to find that, uh, that tip sheet on the homepage. So thanks so much, Laura. And thanks for joining us again this week. And uh, we'll look forward to catching up one more time here before the year's out. For sure. That would be great. Have a good week. Thank you. Well, Brian, it was great to hear um, Laura speaking about her own family becoming part of the ERS family as residents and uh, also our year-end appeal. Yeah, yeah. Laura does such a good job of describing, you know, the process, uh, you know, that they reached to, to move into Dupree House and and then uh, the process of moving in, actually moving in. And uh, you can hear how excited uh, her mother-in-law and father-in-law are uh, about joining uh, the community and all of the benefits that they'll get out of it uh, uh, as they get settled. So uh, really happy for them. Yes, the pre-house is a beautiful place to live. And um, I'm sure many of our listeners will be able to relate to everything that goes into that decision about, you know, what's best for your retirement senior living. Absolutely. Very good point. Well, that's it for this latest episode of the Linkage Podcast by Episcopal Retirement Services. For more information about us, you can visit our website at episcopalretirement.com. We have a lot of great content, including our Linkage online blog, resources to learn more about aging and the services we offer, and much, much more. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube to see what's going on within ERS and our communities. If you have any questions or feedback from us, we love hearing from our listeners. Please email us at info at erslife.org. The Linkage Podcast is produced by Kristen Davenport and myself, Brian Reynolds. Fiasha Davis is our associate producer, and our technical director is Michelle Hain. I'd like to thank our guest today, Emily Willingham, and a special thank you, as always, to our president and CEO, Laura Lamb, uh, for always giving her updates about the great things going on within ERS. On behalf of myself, Brian Reynolds, and Kristen Davenport, thank you so much for joining us. And we'll look forward to our podcast next week. Thanks so much, Kristen. You bet, Brian. Take care. We'll talk soon.